ladies and gentlemen, welcome to weeknight of MLB action. We're going to be covering it just like we always have. We just get ever so closer to the All-Star break, and there's just so much action. Their teams are hanging out near the top, and the pretenders, a big pretender, which we will talk about very briefly, is being exposed. And the true contenders are standing out. They are outlasting the crowd, uh, but it is still still early. But but it is still relevant, so we're going to get dive into it. I am your co-host, Barrett Boombasta, joined as always by my co-host and right-hand man, Travis T-Bone Loffley. What up, man? Man, I'm doing well. It's uh, it's uh, it's time to talk some Major League Baseball. It's certainly, like I said in the green room right before we hop live here, it's like everything is just happening at once right now. Um, yeah, the, we're staring down the All-Star break coming up soon. You know, Trade deadline comes up shortly after that. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> it is the time of the year where, yes, teams get exposed for who they are. Uh, organizations have difficult decisions that they have to make, uh, whether, you know, they're really going to go all in, uh, possibly to uh, to host the trophy at the uh, at the end of October um, or uh, or, you know, start selling off pieces, start uh, looking towards the future. And um, yeah, some uh, so, some interesting stories to be talked about right now, for sure. Oh, yeah, there's some drama happening in the world of baseball as of recent. But before we get into the drama, the steamy drama, we have to do it. We have to start the show like we always do with our no doubter of the week, the namesake of the show. And this time, this guy finally gets it. Last time, we gave him an honorable mention. And the only reason why we didn't give it to him was because the person who did want win, Jesus Sanchez, hit the fifth longest home run in the StatCast era history. So we had to give it to him, but this man is, it is now his time. He is not only the no doubter of the week winner. He is the winner of major league baseball's AL player of the week. I'm of course talking about the man who just got paid 116, $115 million over the course of six years. You're Don Alvarez of the Houston Astros. And the home run that we talked about happened on June 5th. So, without further ado, I'm going to pull it up. No doubter of the week, Jordan Alvarez from June 5th against the Kansas City Royals. And there's there are many reasons why we chose this. One, one it passes the, you know, the eye test. But two, one of my friends was at this game. So we have an eyewitness account of this home run. And he said from firsthand that, he hit the crap out of this ball. You're about to see. Um, it is the 1-1 count in the top of the eighth. Astros leading 3-2. No one on base. Zero outs. And here comes Vizcaino joined the pitch. Boom. 88-mile-an-hour ball. It just, I mean, you don't you don't even know where the heck it went. It's just gone. I feel like the Royals have a very home-run-friendly park. It's, hitter, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hitter, play, it plays very downhill for sure. Oh, yeah. 456 feet. My goodness. It's just the guy. And this is when he recently got paid. I mean, we'll go ahead and take a look at it again. I mean, he recently got paid. He's not slowing down. In fact, in the week that he got paid, he wins player of the week. I mean, he just that guy's a mammoth. I've seen him in person and it is special. His uh, yeah, his his uh, swinging motion uh, has kind of some shade to Prince Fielder to it. A little bit more control because Prince Fielder was a rather <laughs> large man who had to like throw everything into it. But uh, I mean, Yoran Alvarez, I mean, he's 
big guy too, but definitely a bit more cut. But he's yeah, he's got that sort of almost yeah, like golf swing across the gut sort of approach there at oh, the plate, yeah. and just the incredible amount of power that goes behind it. So yeah, that's a good good selection there. I, I approve of that. Yes, 456 feet, 114.3 miles per hour off the bat, 32-degree launch angle. When you throw Jordan Alfred's change-ups, and he knows it's a change-up, he's just going to hit it out every single time. I mean, yeah, you'll be able to fake him out every once in a while, but change-ups, I mean, pitchers have got to be wary about that. I've just seen a bunch of his home runs come off change-ups. It's like it you might as well be just throwing a lob over the plate, and he just hits the crap out of it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, good job, Jordan Alvarez. Keep on mashing it because you're worth every penny. Uh, so there you go. Um, no doubter of the week. And now, before we get into the recast, we have quite a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of stuff happening in Major League Baseball, particularly in terms of the form of the axe. You have managers getting the axe. The teams have had no more. They are done with this tomfoolery. We're not even halfway through the season, and they are cleaning shop. And it all starts with the Los Angeles Angels. The Los Angeles Angels are a team that we were talking about this year, and we were raving about them. In the past, we've talked about how they deserve to be paid attention. They were given the Astros a run for their money. They were like, Just what? two weeks ago, they were 12 games above 500. Seriously. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, in those two weeks since, uh, they have lost all 12 of those games. <laughs> As such... Uh, <laughs> Joe Madden was told to uh, pack up his desk, leave the uh, leave the facilities there out in Orange <laughs> County, and uh, and find work elsewhere. So, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> oh man! And in that twelve game wins losing streak, Mike Trout went on the longest hitless streak of his career, over twenty six. That's pretty. That's bad. one. Of, yeah, that's one of those type of things where like you look at. <laughs> it's one of those glaring statistics whenever like a manager, a coach, something in sports, like they get fired. There's going to be not just performance in game, like total team wise, but like a certain player or like a certain situation. That's just the nail in the coffin. And yeah, your star player going, yeah. Putting that type of performance up just over the last couple of weeks, (laughs) there's uh, (laughs) clear, clearly with some disconnect somewhere. I know, and and you know, uh, Shohei Otani's been cold too in those twelve games. Both of them have had batting averages below two hundred in those twelve games. I mean, it's just when you're superstars, you're one-two punch. They're not producing. It's no wonder why you're losing those games. And not and some of those games were close losses. It wasn't blowouts every single time, but they ended up getting the L. And as it currently stands, they are eight and a half games behind. It's and again. The sky's not falling. We're not even halfway done. It's You definitely want to be in that five-game range, but at least it's not terrible. And you you can look at this, and you can say, oh, that's it's overblown. But I think, Travis, you were onto something, because I think there is more to it. It's not just the 12-game losing streak. There's got to be something else at hand. Maybe it's a communication breakdown. Maybe he's lost the trust of his players. Maybe they don't respect him anymore. Maybe he's not getting along with the GM. There's a whole host of things that could be going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've got the I've got the article I've got an article open here from okay. ESPN uh talking about it. Uh this is from Aiden Gonzalez, what he wrote here. Um and so it, it, you know, 
talks about the whole situation here. It, it quotes uh, it quotes Manassian, their uh, their general manager, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. here. And so, uh, yeah, the press conference uh, today they gave. Uh, so, yeah, Manassian said it's tough. Quote. Disappointed it's come to this. I really like the man. It's somebody I'm going to talk to the rest of my life. Just the conversations daily, who he is, what he's about. You guys were around him, the energy he brings, how consistent he is on a daily basis. It's tough. It's tough. But you got to be able to take emotion out of things and make decisions. I've taken the emotion out of it and taken a step back, looking at where I'm at. As tough of a decision as it is, I felt like it was the right thing to do. Uh, In quote there, um, yeah, Manassian goes on to say there hasn't been one phase of the game where we've been good. Um, yeah, struggle in the mound, struggle at the plate, struggle defensively, struggle base running. Uh, he says the, mm-hmm. yeah, and so kind of going out the exact quote here and says that the, he said that the effort's been great. He believed in the group. Uh, he still believes in the group, that is. Um, yeah, he's excited about the next 106 games. Um yeah, the uh, Madden apparently was pretty surprised here. What he said uh, in this here, what he, in an interview he did with the Athletic, uh, right after the decision was made, uh, quote: "You always rely on people in charge to read the tea leaves properly. This time they did not. Mm. You can ask any of the players or coaches; they're the ones who really know." Perry was in a tough spot. I understand that. Let me put it that way: I would really rely on the sentiments of the coaches and players. Um, yeah, so it just. This sounds. It, it sounds like the the mediocrity and just the the mess and dysfunction of this uh, of this Angels organization is uh, is all coming home to roost at this point. And when <laughs> yeah. you uh, and yeah, it's it it becomes all that more exposed when your star player is literally not playing in a way that he can carry a team on his back uh, there and. See, so, yeah, I mean, the way yeah, they haven't even played like a 500 team over the last couple of weeks. It's not that like you know, they've got around the 500 record right now and they've just been playing that way the entire year. It's like this is a team that we look like was we thought was in contention, you know, to 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 take home the uh, I got to take home the AOS title the way that they were playing just uh, just earlier last month. And in yeah, a month span, that is uh, all completely reversed course. And uh, I think there's. <laughs> Uh, some things have gotten a bit more exposed than we uh, we maybe would have uh, would have expected. We may have we may have all bought a little bit of fool's gold at first at this Angels. Team. Oh yeah, people like Jeff Passan, they were like, this team had a chance to make the playoffs. Well, it's just teams get hot, teams get cold. Yes, twelve games is a lot. It's but I mean it's not a crazy amount. I mean it's not completely outside the realm of possibility. I don't know. Uh, Joe Madden is an interesting character. He led the Chicago Cubs to the World Series. They won the first time in over 100 years. He is a very analytically-minded manager. He was a manager for the Rays. He walked with the bases loaded with them. He walked with the bases loaded this year, both times. In those two instances, it it paid off. Um, He is very progressive in his stance i've read about him with when he was with the rays so he's a good manager um i just it's a lot to to hang up i would not be surprised if he gets another job look at the teams that have managers you know some of these bottom feeder teams we're talking pirates you know i'm just thinking hey uh you know there's a a team out there in chicago (laughs) 
city where he's had some success before. Oh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, White Sox, you're uh, you got a lot of talent there, and uh, things aren't going oh, so great. So I think there's a man okay. that you could uh, you could maybe call to uh, to turn things around there out on the south side. Uh, maybe I don't know. I think Chicago White Sox. I think they would do better with a more like a Gabe Kapler type of manager. That's just my opinion. I think people like Tim Anderson on the White Sox are they want more of that new school vibe, and not to say. I mean, Madden is no Tony La Russa. Tony La Russa is a dinosaur, but yeah. uh, Madden's Madden... kind of like the George Clooney of uh, yeah. <laughs> of all baseball managers. Like the man's got some swagger to him. He does. He does. All I'm to say is he's gone now, but there's going to be a team that's desperate, and they're like, yeah. I mean, look at that: the resurgence of Baker, the resurgence of Buck Showalter, Tony La Russa. You got the old cats coming back in, and people want managers. They want managers who. They have experience, and Madden has the experience. It, maybe it was – I don't know if it was justified. Uh, it might have been. Maybe a change of scenery will do the Angels good. Maybe they're desperate to have them come make it to the playoffs. I don't know. It's it's hard to digest it, but the bottom line is that is that happened. And you know what else happened? Earlier in the week, Joe Giardi, the manager for the Phillies, he got fired after the Phillies – Man went on a 22 and 29 start and we've been covering this. We've been aware of how they've been underperforming. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of surprising and I don't really think, I really don't think Joe Giardi, I don't think he really fit in well with them from the beginning. It just, it, it never seemed like they would amount to it. So that one, that's not as surprising. Now the angels have more, is more surprising because again, they start off hot. They make our power rankings. I think that the one time they were in the top five, maybe even the top three in our power rankings. I mean, they were hot, hot, hot. Roller coaster of baseball. The streaks, when they're long, man, it's big. Yankees have been on 10-game win streaks, and look where they are now. They're seven games ahead in the East. And it's just, you live and die by the streaks, and when you're cold, 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 ice cold... It snowballs, man. So as of June 2nd, there were two managers named Joe. And as of today, there are zero. <laughs> so no more Joe. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, hey, Joe. Uh, what you doing with that gun in your hand? <laughs> eh? Hey, hey, Hendrix. I don't know. Anyway, um, so very, very spicy couple days in baseball. But now we want to bring up another general topic and this was a rule that i at least was not aware of and i doubt you were too travis because this we've been talking about about position players pitching um you know the cardinals have been they don't use it as a white flag they use it as a screw you (laughs) (laughs) and you know victory lap this time the whole concept of position playing position pitchers position players pitching got viewed in a new context and i will show you why the los angeles angels were the dodgers the dodgers dodgers were prevented from pitching a position player during their half of the ninth inning on june 5th against the new york mets after unwittingly violating a recent addition to the rule book so it is recent but it is still a part of the rules so let's explain Dodgers manager Dave Roberts intended to use utility player Zach McKinstry 
to record the final three outs of the nine to four contest the contest against the Mets. This is at Dodger Stadium. It's the top of the ninth. The Dodgers already exhausted six pitchers after Walker Bueller was pulled during the third inning in the shortest start of his career. Pause that for a second. Man, if if Bueller's been pitching this whole time and he's pitched longer than three innings so far, that's actually pretty good. I mean, you can have games where pitch, starting pitchers get absolutely rocked. And if this is the first time he got absolutely rocked, he's still pretty good at that time. So they have to pull him out in the third, and they're scrambling. They were hoping to avoid further depleting their relief corp heading into the following day. And so then they try to put in a position player. Nevertheless, the umpires convened before the crew chief announced that McKinstry could not pitch. And you're like, what the heck? And the explanation invoked a rule that Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed upon in 2020 that would bar position players from pitching in games with a deficit of five runs or fewer unless they were designated two-way players. So as of 2020, a lot of time, probably a COVID, um, you know, instigated rule, If it's five runs or fewer, you cannot have a position player pitch. The rule had not been enforced in either 2020 or 2021. So it wasn't, so they created it, but didn't enforce it for two years. Like, just like it wasn't enforced because the situation didn't come up to where it needed to be enacted, or just like, I'm not sure. Previous situations like this we can trace to but they just chose not to enforce yeah. it. I don't know either way but all I'm saying is that it's no it's I don't blame Roberts for forgetting about it or not being aware of it. I mean he said he said it's a rule that obviously is in place for 2022. They were talking about it in 2020. He goes on to say the goalposts have been moving a lot. It's an oversight on my part but I do recall that we did it last year. They kind of had to confer to make sure that it was the case. They got it right, the umpires. So, I mean, he's acknowledging, I mean, if the rules rule. But the question that we need to ask ourselves, is it a good rule? Trav, what are your thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. Reading this here. Okay, so position <laughs> player, bringing a position player when you're down by five runs, uh, as when the rules has to be six or more runs before you can do so. Yes, I, I don't under like how they get to this number of six. Like, how, why, well, how is this magic number chosen here? That's my question. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like I, I just I would need to look at the Major League Baseball rule book or like get some insight from like a a rules expert analyst here to like explain like what the what the origins kind of thought process was behind this. Like if there's like a certain threshold that they see with, with six versus five, I, I don't know. I mean, goodness gracious, this just yeah. is the, the game not being able to get out of its own way here. Um, classic major league baseball type of stuff. That's, that's my initial reaction. To yeah. This. It's a dump rule. And I'll tell you why. Shohei Otani is reimagining and paving the way for position players pitching. Brett Phillips, all the times where he's pitched, I guess we were unaware and we just didn't really realize that the Rays, when they would put in Brett Phillips the multiple times they have, I guess they were down by more than six or more runs. 
but we just didn't really realize it. We just knew they were getting blown out. But they have the Shoei Otani rule this year. It means if you're pitching and then if you're out, you can still remain in the lineup. So they made a rule for Shoei Otani. It's indirectly called the Shoei Otani rule. They need to understand that, I mean, if they're going to have rosters as low as they are, there are going to be games in which teams are stretched. And really, I don't see the problem. I really, really don't. A, a, an athlete is an athlete. I mean, I don't know even why, how they're even able to distinguish. You are a pitcher. Well, I guess, you. I mean, you put it on the roster. So, I mean, you got to give them some kind of designation. And clearly, if you're a pitcher, you're a pitcher. And if you're a position player, they give you center field, left field, second base, whatever. Okay, but at the end of the day, an athlete's an athlete. And if a if a team wants to do that, that's their decision. I mean, and why why is it a bad thing? It's it is stigmatizing position players pitching. I mean, they 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 were essentially giving up. They would rather risk, you know, not blow out their bullpens. They weren't going to bat in the bottom of the ninth. And they were down by five runs. So they were like, we're going to take a risk. Hopefully, Zach doesn't give up any runs. Maybe one or two or three runs max. So, yeah, I mean, odds are they're going to lose the game, but they don't want to just completely blow out their bullpen. But it's a dumb rule. They need to remove it entirely. That's my opinion. Get rid of it. Put you can you should be allowed to put whoever you want on the mound at any given point of the game. Period. End of story. And because they know what they're doing, they're not specialized pitchers, but that's their decision. It's your decision. And if you want to do it, yeah, they're probably going to hit five bombs on you, but whatever. (laughs) It's uh, baseball, baseball. The theme of these is baseball getting in the way of itself <laughs> since whenever the date was that major league baseball began 1880 something yeah uh, over 100 years so ah uh, man but funny funny stuff a very jam-packed week of hot topic baseball action but now let's get into the meat of the program let's let's start with the recap starting off with the al east Yes, sir. The AL East right now. And friends, hate, or love them, hate them or love them, the Yankees are still sitting on top right now. They have won nearly 75% of all their games. They're 39-15 right now. You know what? Want to know why that record is significant? Uh, because they at the basically at the third of the way point through the season right now. Uh, with the 5-4 victory that they had a couple days ago um, over the... Uh, uh, over the uh, Detroit Tigers, uh, being at the 39-15 at one-third of the mark, that is the best record, I believe, of an American League team since the Seattle Mariners back in 2001 when I think they were like 42-15, and 15, something like that, uh, around the third of the way point. Um, so, or, or 42-12, and 12, something like that. Um, the uh, So the Yankees just continue to kill it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the Aaron Judge show all the way around, uh, offensive wise? Uh, Yeah, there there really is not a lot new to report. Just in terms of what's (laughs) happening up in the Bronx right now, it's the Yankees doing Yankees things. I don't know if we talked about this last time. You know, Derek Jeter is on uh, is on social media now. He uh, 
Oh yeah. Yeah, he's on Twitter. I forgot what he did the the other day. It's uh Oh yeah, it was the uh <laughs> uh it was he quote tweeted somebody somebody it's like man, uh, it's going to be like the end of time. Uh, <laughs> and Derek Jr. saw guy can be on social media. He like quote tweeted this guy. He's like, well, I guess it was a good time to, to join. And so uh, <laughs> he's on there now. And um, yeah, uh, the captain himself is uh, has a social media presence. Um, yeah. Yankees just doing Yankees things right now. Um, yeah, there's just not a lot new to report with these guys. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. uh, they, they're killing it. Um, let's talk about Toronto though. Toronto is uh, you know they're starting to uh, to heat back up a little uh-huh. bit here. They're eight and two in their last ten games. Uh, they're 30, 32 and twenty two on the year. That's still seven games behind uh, the Yankees for the top spots in the AL East, but uh, you know safely within the wild card spot for right now. Um, and uh, this team, you know, is starting to put some things together. It really ultimately has, you know, pitching has been phenomenal. We've talked about that multiple times through this year as we've covered the the Blue Jays. Um, but it's just, it's been the offense that um, uh, they, you know, has needed a little bit of work. But, you know, oh, you're starting to see it heat up a bit here. Uh, you know, like you've got uh, six to five, 11 to 10 wins over the Angels, six to five, seven to three, eight to three wins over the White Sox. Uh yeah, twelve to three win over uh, the Twins the other day. Eight to nothing win over the Royals. Um, yeah, right now they're playing the uh, playing the uh, Royals right now. Still in their series against them. Uh, can't pull them up here on the board. Oh yeah, they've got two run uh, lead over the Royals right now at the uh, the bottom of the third. Um, so this team is trying to put together some more offense. And you know sometimes it just takes one uh, one person to really kind of help it out um for uh for a team and you've uh so, and you've got to recognize right now here to give some uh, give some love to uh for this team is certainly helping them out uh santiago espinal the second baseman right now is batting 283 he's now the uh the new uh team batting leader uh for this blue jays squad uh is also has an on-base percentage of 341 and is slugging 446 uh, and you still got that compliment with Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s uh, 13 home runs on the year and his 254 batting average. George Springer still leads this team in uh, in RBI and has a pretty nice 273 batting average to go with it. So, uh, yeah, you know, you're you're sometimes it just takes one uh, person mm-hmm. to come in and can help change things. And you know, we might be seeing uh, you might be seeing that with Espinal here, getting these guys uh, a little bit of a boost here at the uh, the second base and in that lineup for him. Uh, so good, good to see that for the Blue Jays starting to live up more to their expectations that we had for them going into the season. Uh, just still going to be a lot of work to, to catch up to the Yankees because the Yankees are just on another level compared to everybody else right now in the American league, uh, in the American league East, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, you know, they still, uh, they're still right there in the thick of it as well. I believe they also hold one of the wild card spots too. Uh, much of the wild card positioning locked up here by this very strong AL East division. Uh, Yandy Diaz, the first baseman, leading this team with a 282 batting average. Also, uh, uh, the rest of his slash line looks like 422 for on base percentage and 369 for slugging. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, center fielder, six home runs on the year. Uh, G Man Chua, first baseman. Choi. He has, yeah, <laughs> Choi. There you go. He has uh, he has 25 runs bad in on the year. 263 batting average as well. 
uh, you know, you know, you're starting to see this uh, this team squeak out some more of these closer games, um, which is what you you'd expect out of a uh, out of a Rays organization here, being able to uh, twerk it out that way. Um, pitching still remains really just as strong as ever. It's the Shane McClanahan show, uh, but they could certainly use some more offense, and some more consistency, and some better situational hitting to um, to help really get the full potential uh, out of what that uh, that Rays clubhouse could be. Um, so yeah, a lot of things, uh, a lot of things still remain the same, but definitely keep an eye on that, uh, on that Blue Jays team right now. We, we might be seeing, starting to see, uh, see, see them really building some momentum at the right time of the year. Yeah, I sure hope so. I mean, I, I chose them to win the whole thing. So selfishly, I wish they do. It's just, it, it, they're a team that hopefully they can really dig deep and play to their full potential. So but they do have a long way to go. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like, you know, they're seven games back. Anything can happen. But, I mean, come on. Rays, Blue Jays, I mean, you know, make, make it exciting. I mean, both of them, those two teams, are slated to be um, two of the three wild card teams. As if the, if the season were to end right now, uh, funny enough, the Red Sox are actually slated to be the third wild card team. So the Red Sox are not completely out of the playoff picture yet. If you look at it from a wild card stance, but it is, it is a very competitive division. Those three teams are really the top dogs and the Yankees are just, they haven't cooled down. And even if they do, they have, they have wiggle room because they have such a buffer. So, but I don't know. I don't know if they can handle it. I don't know if they can hold on to it. I don't know, but they're proving to be the Dodgers of the East. The Yankees. Yes. The, uh, go figure. The teams with the deepest pockets doing amazing. I mean, yeah. Wow. And the Yankees. <laughs> and the Yankees actually living up to uh, to that payroll right now. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, their fans are on top of the world right now. I mean, they are closing in on being the first team to forty wins. <laughs> so insane. Thirty nine and fifteen. My goodness. That's crazy. Anyway, moving on over to the National League side of things, uh, like the Yankees are to the to the to AL, the Mets are to the NL. It's the Mets, 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 Mets. Eight of their last ten, a three-game win streak. They're 38-19. They have nine-game lead over the Braves. And this is all, as of recent, without their one-two punch, Jacob deGrom. And Max Scherzer, they're still out on injuries, and yet they keep doing it. Uh, man, I don't know who to, I don't know who to chip it on, but you might have to, you you probably do have to give Buck Showalter credit. Everybody thought he was going to be a dinosaur, but I think we underestimated Buck Showalter. You can't have a team, even with the recent Walker roster acquisitions, it is clear that Showalter he has at least a small part to play in how they're doing. He is probably, he is letting them be themselves. They're having fun. Uh, the fans are having fun and uh, I'm just extremely impressed. Um, I think there's something different about it and I'm just going to keep saying it until proven otherwise. Pete Alonso is having the best start of to a season of his career. 16 bombs. I mean, a 546 slugging 906 OPS. I mean, I mean, my goodness, finally, Pete Alonzo. I mean, he's the man. He is, you know, he's not just repping the home run derby, which he's probably going to be in this year. But again, but 
he's actually good in the regular season. So it's not just, you know, lob balls. He's mashing the crap out of them. And he's a he's a big dude. And, you know, he's doing good. Francisco Lindor is playing decent. Not amazing, but decent. But that's all you need out of him. Because you look at the rest. This is the Jeff McNeil comeback tour. He has an 813 OPS. Starling Marte really settling in with a 760 OPS. I mean, a 278 batting average. You want to see that go up a little bit. Mark Canna, man, that guy's so underrated. 302 batting average, 767 OPS. And you got people who are able to just come on in and they're able to make do with what they got. Luis Gilorme butchered it. I don't care. 856 OPS. And yeah, he doesn't have a lot of at bats, but in the few bats he's, that he's had, he's been doing outstanding. And when it comes to pitching, yeah, there's one two punches gone, but you have starting pitchers with sub, you know, you got sub three, sub four ERAs. Chris Bassett, 374. Carlos Carrasco, 352. Taiwan Walker, 288. I mean, those are some pretty, pretty decent numbers. You've got their closer, Edwin Diaz, 238 ERA. It's, it's manageable. They're getting the job done. They're getting the wins when they count. So while, you know, the, they they have room to play. They they have even more of a buffer than the Yankees do. And that's just, it's a matter of time. The offense is there. And that's very, very clear. I mean, they're scoring a ton of runs. In fact, they're scoring so many runs that they have the most runs scored in all of Major League Baseball. So the offense is finally there. It hasn't been there in the past few years, but now it is clearly there. So not if, but when. Jacob DeGrom and Scherzer get back. The Mets, watch out. They're going to be real scary. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you bring up the point about, about Buck Showalter here. Buck Showalter might not be a manager, that he's the reason why you win a lot of games, but the team, the teams that he coaches, uh, like teams don't win in spite of him. It's not the opposite yes. way around, too. Uh, Buck Showalter... Mm -hmm really does his best work when he has talent to work with. Um, and you look, you know, previous stops, you know, the Rangers of the 2000s, the, uh, the, the <laughs> Orioles of, uh, of recent and stuff. Uh, not a lot to the, uh, in the cupboard there to, to deal with. But, you know, you come into a Mets organization, you're bringing in some new life. I don't think I can remember really Showalter having a reputation. You can correct me on this, but Showalter having a reputation of just being a toxic guy in a clubhouse there of like, you know, mm. being somebody who knows the game of baseball, but just like doesn't unite people that more that there's just kind of like this old curmudgeon that, uh, uh that, that stands <laughs> his ground that doesn't know how to manage people. No, like he's a, yeah. he, clearly they're playing, uh, they're playing free and easy baseball up there in long Island right now. It's showing they've got some talent. Uh, the offense is hot, um, there and it's, uh, it's paying dividends for, uh, for this club this year. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's the Buckshaw Walter way. He's just the man who, I mean, you laid out his, his, his legacy clear as day there. So, um, you know, he's a good, he's got a good track record. So they got a lot of the good things going for them. The Braves, they are nine games back, but most recently they are on a five game win streak. Seven out of their 10 games. You like to think 
that they are starting to figure things out. They're one game above 500, and it's time that I kind of look at their roster because I really haven't this entire time. It all starts with their batting. Their offense is pretty rock solid this year. Uh, the pitching has been, it's been tough, but it is getting better. Offensively, Austin Riley, such an underrated third baseman, 14 homers. He's slashing 265, 336, 530 slugging. That's amazing. 866 OPS. Matt Olson fits like a glove. Seven bombs on the year, slashing 255, 363, 466, 830 OPS. Now, other than that, you have people who are underperforming. Ozzy Albies, I mean, Ozuna. They have, o- they have OPSs under 700, so that's not great. And you really want to see them do well because they just don't have a lot of firepower. Ronald Acuna is back, and his numbers are stellar. He's slashing 313, 408, 475 with an 883 OPS. So, I mean, it's just it's great to have him back. I'm glad he's back. His numbers are great. Uh, already has a win above replacing to his name, despite the fact that they missed a ton of the, you know, the season. On pitching, they're starting to dial in a little more. Max Freed. 274 ERA, 1.01 whip. Kyle Wright, 241 ERA, 1.07 whip. Um, But that's where it kind of ends. Charlie Morton, I love the guy, but he's kind of struggling. 563 ERA, 1.53 whip. Yikes. Uh, Ian Anderson, 470 ERA. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Oh, man. I mean, you can't... It's just... You know, the bullpen's not helping out much. And, yeah, you're one. it's good to have a one-two punch, but it's just few and far in between. Uh, they really got to dial it up. Kenley Can Can Jansen, their new star closer, he has a 380 ERA. It's not amazing. It's not elite. It's not Josh Hader by any stretch of the imagination. And you wonder, I mean, no wonder the Dodgers get, got rid of this guy. I mean, the Braves, they're the defending champs. And they got to do the city of Atlanta proud. So I don't know. It's it's looking like they're starting to settle in, but still, um, I want to see them settle in more because again, they are the other team I chose to make the World Series. But I need to just get repeats out of my head because they're just they're tough. It's tough to make it back to back. It has happened. It's not impossible, but but Laurel, the story is and at least. It's still Mets, Mets, Mets. Yep, yep. It's, uh, it is Mets domination right now. And uh, yeah, kind of everybody else, you're going to have to show something to uh, <laughs> to be able to catch yeah. them there because, uh, yeah, they just they have so much depth there and they're, they're getting the job done for sure up there on Long Island. Now we start, uh, we start making our way out towards Middle America now and the AL Central. Um, essentially, uh, you know, the, the gap is closing up a little bit here. You've got the, uh, you've, you've got the twins now four and six over their last 10, uh, 32 and 24 on the year right now. They've got just a four game lead over the Cleveland guardians, uh, and then a five game lead over the white Sox. Um, really the, the story right now of the twins, they definitely have had some, uh, some injury issues here, uh, with their, their rotation. Uh, my Bailey Ober is now in a 15 day IL, uh, with a strained groin. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it really, you're having to be still carried by Joe Ryan to this point right now. Um, 
really in terms of like your starting pitching and not a lot of depth beyond that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you still, still tied for 25th in the league for just 12 quality starts on the year pitching wise here. Uh, you know, ERA, whip, and uh, and the uh, laying guys on base there, not not uh, not horrible here in terms of uh, what this team is putting together. Uh, but you just certainly would like a lot more depth to really see this team uh, as a contender heading into uh, heading into the second half of the uh, the season to feel good about them. Uh, you know, it's a, a once once October rolls around, rather than just being a product of the division that they're in. Um, yeah, and yeah, the Guardians right now, uh, the the uh, the White Sox, not just a lot new to report <laughs> uh, there. This is just. The AL Central right now is a ho hum division for uh, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't having trouble paying a lot of attention to them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean it, it, it's pretty it, it's pretty close. I mean, Twins, Guardians, White Sox—they're all there. White Sox massively underperforming. Guardians overperforming <laughs> in a lot of respects. A five hundred yeah. team. Yeah, I, I don't think we looked at that. Uh, we looked at that roster heading into the year and uh, and thought that, you know, that there was uh, they, they were probably maybe like a march. We looked at the Guardians. I think and we were like, okay, these guys are like a marginal uh, above uh, above you know like a Royals or a Pirates um, or a Diamondbacks or a Rockies or something like that. So uh, it's um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'll I'll do some more digging into this AL Central uh, next week here to have talked about, it, but I just don't have a whole lot to to say about them at this point right now. Yeah, you know it is what it is. It's you know it's 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 a good division. It's 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 competitive, and it's just it's it's good to see the Twins back up there. They're just like there's an on on year off year kind of team. <laughs> so, and uh, you know it's it's just funny to see. So anyway, moving on into the NL Central, it's still the Brewers show, but a mere half game behind is the Cardinals. This is a very, very interesting race. You've got these two teams that are in lockstep, and they are ultra competitive, and they are fighting, 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 baby. Uh, the Cardinals' offense is red hot, and it surpasses the Brewers, uh, but the Brewers are still getting the job done, and in my opinion... I think the Cardinals are going to take the lead pretty soon. I think the Brewers, unless they can get that uh, offense up and running again, they're in trouble. Again, the Cardinals are breathing down their neck. But in the meantime, you know, the Brewers, they still have some some things to look forward to. Rowdy Telez, 788 OPS. Uh, Christian Yelich, underperforming a little bit. He's kind of coming back, 673 OPS. Hunter Renfro, 807 OPS. Uh, Rowdy Teles has got 10 bombs on the year. This isn't really a team that goes to the long ball that much, but they, they invoke small ball. They get the, the sack flies. They get the job done. For Brewers, when it comes to pitching, Corbin Burns, 250 ERA, 092 whip. Pretty rock solid. Eric Lauer, 238 ERA, 111 whip. But after that, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's not terrible after that. I mean, and Eric, Adrian Hauser, 351 ERA. Brandon Ruff, 474. Uh, Freddie Peralta, 442. I mean, last year, the Brewers, they had Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. That was a 1-2-3 punch, but now it's just Burns. Yeah, it's lucky that Eric Lauer's kind of stepping up to the plate, but 
I keep looking to Woodruff and I'm like, what the heck? And Peralta, the same. It's, you know, I just think that until they can actually, you know, get anything good out of it, it's just not going to work. Josh Hader, again, he still hasn't given up a run. So they do have the best closer in baseball, indisputably. I mean, 0.00 ERA. This guy is just, he, he's amazing. Josh Hader, he's in the prime of his career, and they are lucky. But they can really only use him if they have the lead. Otherwise, it's a waste. So, it is, a, again, you know, it's it was good to see him get back into it. But we now look to the Cardinals, and this team is red, red hot. Paul Goldschmidt, video game numbers. He is like the best. He's pretty much the best first baseman in all of baseball. And yes, better than Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Why? He has 12 bombs, 343 batting average, 423 on base percentage, 08 slugging. Insanity. 1.031 OPS. Tommy Edmonds got 3.2 wins above replacement. I mean, Nolan Arenado, 842 OPS fantastic yeah he cooled down a little bit but a little it's not that much (laughs) yeah he had a 1.0 something ops now he's at 842 which is still pretty pretty flipping amazing um but a pitching wise adam rainwhite 273 era i mean that's pretty pretty incredible for his age i mean miles mikolas 302 era dakota hudson 298 these are all the one, two, three punch of basically sub three ERAs. And that's really panning out. It, this team, that they're they're having fun. They're putting in position players that screw you options. They've got all the nostalgia plus the young bloods. You got Pujols back. You got Wayne Molina, Wainwright. The gang is back together. The band's back together. And they're having fun. And I know. Fun times in the Lou. It, it is, and I know that you were high on them, and I you even picked them to make the playoffs uh, this year. And you know what? It's starting to pan out. Uh, the Cardinals are really doing well, and it's it's really those two teams at this point. I mean, Pirates seven games back, Cubs really kind of slipping. I mean, yeah, it was expected, but yeah. It's just turning out to be one of the most exciting divisions in baseball, and it's a good thing that it is. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a division there. Yeah, when you've got when the St. Louis Cardinals are doing well, when the when the Brewers are doing well, you know they have the Brewers kind of carry that spirit of a kind of the 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 Tampa Bay Rays of the Midwest there um, stuff, just kind of the way that they play. You know, not huge payrolls there, uh, really strategically kind of putting guys. Uh, putting together clubhouses and lineups there uh, that, you know, they get runs across and uh, and play really effective, fundamentally sound baseball there. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, it, when, a, when the NL central is doing well, that's good for baseball. It's, it's fun seeing what's happening right now with the Cardinals. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah, it may be a two horse race right now, but it's a really fun two horse race in, uh, in that division. And certainly I think both those teams have, uh, you know, have some, uh, have some stuff uh, that you know that they both can be considered, you know, contenders. And I think favorites, you know, maybe make a bit of a bit of a run in the uh, the postseason there. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, continuing to look at the uh, the NL Central as time goes on here. And now we take things out west. 
uh, you know, the, the gold rush has expired there. The angels may, uh, <laughs> may, may be on downtimes right now. Uh, but, you know, the Astros, they continue to sit on top mm-hmm. uh, right now. 35-20 um, uh, record here so far on the year. Uh, six and four in their last 10 games. You know, it's interesting with this uh, with this Astros team here. You know, you've got, uh, it's not full, it's not fully the, uh, the, the Michael Brantley show anymore mm-hmm. here now and stuff. Jordan Alvarez has just absolutely been killing it lately. Oh, yeah. Uh, 288 batting average. Uh, if I can get back to my proper tab here. 288 batting, batting average. Uh, the man's slash line also complements with 386 and 610. And then he's got uh, 16 home runs on the year as well. 34 runs batted in. Um, so, but it seems like, you know, I, here's the thing. I see... You can correct me if my perception is wrong on this. That seems like from a distance here is that the Astros have just as much power as ever here as a team. Hmm. It's that the it's that the situational hitting it can really be an issue at times, and their ability to really push across runs and just kind of play smart at the plates and not always completely swing for the fences on things that can be a struggle here. Just between it. Just between what I'm seeing here in terms of when you you see how the stars are performing, the talent that this team has, but then you see the overall uh, offensive statistics for them and where they sit within all of Major League Baseball. How how are you feeling about your Astros to this point here in the season? It's been the same story the whole year. It's just, it, wait, is the offense going to be there? Last year, they had the best offense in baseball by every conceivable metric. This year, their pitching has been really been solid from the beginning, both starters and bullpen. They have the third best runs allowed in all of baseball. Um, they have some of the best starters and the, some of the best bullpen. It's all, and I like it when it's just, it's just one question. For some teams, it's, oh, you got to have the pitching and the offense working. Well, for this team, whatever Brent Strom did, the legacy that he left, it is continuing on. He left the Astros in a good place. So it's just a matter of, <coughs> excuse me, can the bats get hot? They have all the potential in the world, and Jeremy Pena's coming in, and he is an absolute stud and a half. He's better than Carlos Correa, at least this season. And he's better than anybody could have ever imagined. So there's not really any holes. It's just a matter of, you know, are they winning? And and they're winning the games. They have a really good buffer right now. So I'm not worried. I'm really not worried about them at all. It's just, yeah, it's not explosive offense. They're not like killing it every single game. I mean, this past weekend, it was feast or famine. Blow out the Royals get blanked by the Royals and then blow them out. So it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And you're just like, man, on on and off. But I mean, they're just so far ahead that you really can't worry about it too much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the really until anybody else steps up. Otherwise it it feels like it continues to be Houston's um, Houston's uh, Houston's uh, division to lose. Ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So the, the Astros continue to do Astros things, and even you know where there's still maybe some holes in this clubhouse, uh, they uh, they can continue to get the job done. And you know whether it's at home or on the road, uh, they're their favorite in a lot of their matchups they're playing right now. Yeah, got that 14-7 at home, 21-13 away. Whether at home or on the road, they can win baseball games. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, the uh, Astros train just keeps on rolling right now. 
um, yeah, we touched on what's going on here with the Angels um, just earlier. There's a reason why they have lost those 12 mm-hmm. games in, the, in the road that they have, and that they're yeah. eight and a half games now out of uh, <laughs> out of first place in the AL West. Um, but uh, yeah, then looking at our uh, at my Texas Rangers, that is here. Yes. Uh, once again, the uh, the Rangers continue to to heat up right now. Uh, yeah, Marcus Simeon is starting to really put together um, some, some nice performances at the plate. This point, now historically a slow starter uh, as a player, uh, you know, throughout his career. But now, uh, but it was seemed especially slow this year. But it seems like you know he putting himself in position to make up for that at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, got Nathaniel Lowe, the first baseman, right now, uh, slashing two fifty six, three hundred six, and three seventy eight. Uh, Corey Seager. He's got 11 home runs on the year, also batting 232 and has 25 runs bad into his credit. Uh, Adolis Garcia, the right fielder, has 36 runs bad and it's leading this team this year and is batting 224 right now. Uh, pitching, Martin Perez got that excellent 156 ERA right now on the year, 56 strikeouts and four wins credit to him as a starter. Dane Dunning, uh, 63 strikeouts as well. One win credit to him as a starter. Uh, you'd like to see that 411 ERA get better, but you know he's been a good part of uh, uh, a good part of that uh, good part of that rotation for, uh, for this Rangers club. Um, yeah, you know the believe it was the it was I think maybe when we were last recording last week uh, when the uh, when the Rays got that three and that uh, when the Rangers, excuse me, got that three and nothing win over the Rays, uh, they were mm-hmm. exactly twenty four and twenty four on the uh, on the year, and <laughs> uh, and they uh, or I think they may have even had a that was a that was twenty four and twenty three. Excuse me, they were a game above five hundred, I believe, actually, mm-hmm. um, right around right at a game above five hundred uh, or right there at it um, during that Rays series uh, a week ago. And, uh, you know, that was their first time since 2019 that the Rangers had been above 500 at any point. Man, that seems like an eternity ago as a, <laughs> as a Rangers fan. But the, the offense is really starting to complement the pitching now. Um, this, uh, you know, it it's truly feels like a coin toss of, you know, this will be a team that sits <laughs> around 500 for the rest of the year or just under, um, you know, they're, they're now 25 and 29 as of today. Though they've got uh, they've got five to nothing uh, lead on Cleveland right now, um, uh, up at the Guardians. Uh, they're at the top of the fourth, so that'd be a 26th win on the year if they can uh, they can close this one out today. Uh, this is the second game of doubleheader after they dropped the first one, six to three. Um, but uh, the uh, you know the Rangers it is a toss up as to uh, what that fate ultimately is for, but. Uh, kind of echoing my sentiments as of last week, uh, you li- you can you'll have to like the signs of starting to see some of these pieces come together uh, and a more stable future and the foundation being laid um, for that right now this season. And then just in no longer watching a Rangers game, even when they lose, it's like it's been some close games. They're, they're not blowout losses. It doesn't look like glaringly bad baseball as of recent years here that you've. Uh, you've seen within this Rangers club. So um, yeah, happier times right now on Arlington. I've been tuning into some of the games lately and uh, the, the seats have all been, uh, a lot of them have been filled up out there the, at Globe Life. Some excitement around this team now. You have Mavericks out, Stars out, Cowboys a few months, few months off. 
this is baseball season right now in Texas. And there's a re legitimate reason for, you know, both the casual and the hardcore fans alike uh, to care about this team because it definitely is a bit more of an exciting brand uh, of baseball. It, it just, these guys look like they have morale to them. Uh, I think, I think Chris Woodward is continuing to show that, you know, when he has better talent around him, that he's a really good manager for this club. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, my prognostication here for the, uh, the future is, uh, you know, things are looking pretty good right now. It's not, we're not talking about like Lake Tahoe blue crystal clear, uh, the ball being right now, but, uh, but it's, uh, uh, the crystal ball is, uh, I feel like is, is uh, showing good times for the, for the Rangers to come. Yeah, let's hope that they can, you know, make a good run at it. Uh, and it's just, they got some excitement. Marcus Simeon, man, you got to step it up. Be half as good as you were last year. I mean, they're two and a half games behind in the wild card, so they still have a chance, and they still got plenty of time to make it up for that. And really, that's really the most that they can hope for is get one of those three wild card spots because it's three spots it's not two it's you know it's three which it will make a difference so anyway and last but not least we go to the nl west and it's the dodgers show a whole nine yards they have the best run differential in baseball um they have won five of their last 10 on two game losing streak but it doesn't matter because they are 35 and 19 and they just continue to be the Dodgers are just going to be the Dodgers. Mookie Betts playing out of his mind. 16 bombs. He's slashing 303, 383, 592 slugging, 976 OPS. He is, he's the star of the show at this point. He is just, he has turned another gear and never looked back. Trey Turner, six bombs on the year, 821 OPS uh, with 11 stolen bases. Freddie Freeman fitting like a glove. Just, putting up pretty great numbers, 294 batting average, 379 on base percentage, 834 OPS, a great lefty bat. <laughs> oh man. And Chris Taylor, 800 OPS, you know, pretty rock solid. Um, it's really, you don't have a lot of offensive powerhouses that are just absolutely stellar, but they get the job done. And really Mookie, Playing as well as he is as of recent, just playing outside of his mind, it really goes a long way because his production is just insane. I mean, he has 3.3 wins above replacement, and he basically gained all that in the course of a month, which is insanity. Pitching-wise, Walker Bueller, 384 ERA. A little concerning. You want to see that go back down. I mean, he's your ace. You want to see that, you know, lock in a little bit. Julio Arias, 278 ERA. Tyler Anderson, you want him to dial in a little bit. 259 ERA. Those aren't that bad. When you have a 1-2-3 punch like that, it's pretty good. Tony Goslin, 159 ERA, 0.88 whip. Fantastic. I mean, it's just, they just have so much to go with. Um, Clayton Kershaw is, he's on the 15-day IL with a pelvis injury. And, and the few times that he's pitched, he's been amazing. So, you do want Kershaw back. Um, it, uh, there is still some good left in him. I mean, he almost threw a perfect game early in the season, for crying out loud. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is still Clayton Kershaw. He is someone who, he is someone that you need to respect. And 
when he comes back because uh, it's a, just a pelvis injury. I mean, he had a, a bullpen session so uh, you know earlier, and it went pretty well. So he's going to come back. So but the Dodgers are going to Dodger. But breathing down their neck, two and a half games back, the San Diego Padres, man. So just they're hanging around. I know they do, and all without Tatis. Now, their run differential is not nearly anywhere close to the Dodgers, just plus 26 compared to plus 113. But they get the job done. This Padres team is scrappy, and they are blowing everybody out of the water. Manny Machado is doing Manny Machado things, slashing 327, 402, 540 with a 941 OPS, baby. Uh, Jake Cronenworth um, doing pretty solid. Um, he's got five bombs on the year, 648 OPS. Jerkson Profar, 737 OPS. Eric Hosmer, 760 OPS. Um, you know, this team, they're not absolutely mashing, but they get the job done. And really, their pitching is what keeping the 0.92 whip. I mean, these are Cy Young caliber numbers right here. The hometown kid is grabbing this team. He's grabbing the bull by the horns, for crying out loud. Shaw Manaya, 377 ERA. And Udaris with a 403. They're starting to get better. They have been worse earlier this year, but they're starting to dial in a little bit. And I think that they're slowly but surely dialing in. That is translating into some really good ball and to some really good results on their team. So they're staying in. Just wait till Tatis, of course. But again, Tatis is just one person. He's amazing, but he's just one person. So uh, I just think that they're doing well as a whole. Um, You got Mackenzie Gore with a 150 ERA, for crying out loud. Nick Martinez, 399. It's... It's just, it's got a lot of potential right there. And when you look at it, Giants five and a half back. The Diamonds and the Rockies have really gone back down. I mean, two levels we expected. But I want to end off the NL West with giving some love to Brendan Rogers, who won the National League Player of the Week award. In April, he had a batting average of under point, under 100. He just was not off to a great start at all. But. He did with four home runs, seven RBIs, four walks, and two doubles. And um, this past Sunday, he served as the Rockies' offensive catalyst in their 8-7 to loss to the Braves. So they still lost, but he had a two-run double, a single, and a solo homer. Since May 1st, he is slashing 344, 566, 945 with six home runs and 25 RBIs all in a span of a month. So... Good job to you, Rogers. You know, you and Chris Bryant, I mean, I don't know what you're smoking, but it's not amounting to anything. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky Mountain High. Oh, man. That's, I mean, why do you think Bryant wanted to go up there? I'm just joking. Just joking. People get over it. <laughs> uh, man, there you go. Another rundown of the recaps for the win. And now we kind of look go circle back the wagons back and we look at the hole let's go to our latest power rankings uh rays are still at number 10 blue jays hopping all the way up to number nine they could have gone higher but we had to give the teams that were still here some staying power i mean when you win eight of your last 10 and you're 
I'm really starting to contend that you deserve to be in the number nine position. Uh, number number eight is the Brewers. They've gone down two slots because they've kind of cooled down a little bit. Number seven, you've got the the Twins staying there. Cardinals really starting to heat up. Um, Brewers might be ranked above the Cardinals, but we're ranking the Cardinals above the Brewers in the power rankings because honestly, the Cardinals are just better. I mean, the number sixteen, they went up three slots since last week. I mean, they're just on a team on a mission. Uh, the number. You got the the number five team as the Padres staying at number five. The Astros staying hot at number four. And then it's just the top three teams. They're the top three teams. And really they're just it's just they're just kind of circling around each other. <laughs> they're indisputably the best three teams in baseball. But this time it's a little different. The Dodgers were number one last time. They're number three this time. Mets still number two, which means and nobody likes it, but it is what it is. New York Yankees the number one team on our power rankings for this week. Why? They had the best record, six-game win streak, eight out of the last ten, plus 102-1 differential. What more can you say? It's it's all big markets. Predictable, predictable, predictable. Yikes. But there you go. Another exciting week of baseball. It's just, I mean... I'm itching to get out there to see it live. Hopefully we get to do it soon. Uh, you know, Astros, Astros, Rangers, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, okay. It's just so much going on right now. <laughs> How about you give our folks, our listeners a little call to action? Absolutely. So friends, we are closing out another great episode. No doubter here. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't, uh, a lot of y'all probably have done so by this point, but if not Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Subscribe. Don't miss out. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know how you've enjoyed our show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Boom and myself are uh, on Twitter as well, at Boom Boss. They can add Travis Lawfully. We've got a YouTube channel we've started that, you know, is helping us bring the show through a live stream. So that way, you know, you can see our pretty faces because you know that's why you tune into the show. It's because of that, not baseball. It's that. Um, so uh, make sure that you're uh, you're subscribed there to our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, we'll do some cool stuff with that uh, in the future. Uh, but for right now, it brings us a uh, a live streaming platform. Um, take a look at our Patreon, our, our levels that we have there. We'd love to build a baseball community um, there. You know, there's a few different uh, a few different levels you could take a look at um, there. You know, different things are included in them. Uh, you know, even just being a part of, uh, of you know the very basic level, a prospect, you uh, you get a shout out uh, here on our show for for basically helping it uh, as a thank you for helping us bring uh, this programming out and making it possible. There's, there's a couple of people who right now who are patrons for us that we do give shout outs uh, here. First, our longest standing patron, Mr. Tab Bostick, and then our Patreon producer, uh, the man all the way up to the legend level, Mr. Don Hale. We cannot thank you fellas enough um, for what you've done for this show uh, and helping us uh, recoup some of our costs. Uh, check out our merch store. Our po- partner at Public has done an excellent job putting together things like t-shirts, baseball shirts, hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, phone cases, uh, mugs, many more items uh, out there that you can uh, you can purchase and help spread the word of No Doubter and the great programming that we have going on here. You'll see all those important links in the description below. Boom, close us out like we do every episode. Um, as you're going into your week, whatever you got going on, whatever you got going on, guys, it's summer. It's time to have some fun. 
And the best way to have fun is to know, do it the no doubter way. Do it like we do it. Yeah, 400. And always swing for the fences. This episode of No Doubter is produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver. 